Welcome back to The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Continuing our NFC East previews as we pop on out to the KDOS hotline, we're joined by Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider. Chris, appreciate the time on the show today. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing fantastic. Looking forward to trying to better understand this New York Giants team here. Uh, I've been starting a lot of our questions with the quarterback position, but I think for this Giants team, it's important to set the, the stage and the tone with Saquon Barkley. Of course, the contract situation, they worked out an agreement that essentially pays him what the franchise tag would with $900,000 in incentives that is in part tied to team success. So explain to us what happened with Barkley, the Giants negotiations, Barkley ultimately getting back on the field and does everything seem fine in camp yeah look everything's fine i mean uh, saquon is not gonna look he's is he happy about the contract that he eventually signed on the franchise tag no he's not i mean you know he's not gonna be happy about it he wanted more but this is saquon barkley and he is all football and when he decided to sign that tag he wasn't going to give any kind of less than 100% effort. That's take one. So, yeah, look, he looks good on the field. He's busting it. Um, you wouldn't even know that he had these contract issues um, because that's Saquon Barkley. He's all team. And why he decided to sign this tag is because he had a change of heart. He was thinking about it. You know, he was thinking about holding out. He was thinking about maybe holding out part of the season. But he changed his mind. He talked to a lot of former Giants, his family. He went with his heart. He decided to sign the tag. Um, he feels that this team could do some special things. He wanted to be a part of it, and here we are. Saquon has obviously been a huge chunk of the offense and the production for this New York Giants club for a long time. So uh, do we expect much more of the same from him, or how might his role change, if at all, this season? Well, no. I mean, look, will his touches be as much as last year? Probably not, because they have some more weapons. I mean, when you have a guy like Darren Waller, you know, he's going to get a lot of targets. You know, the Giants are going to throw the ball a little bit more. You, you have guys like Paris Campbell. You know, you have the draft pick in Jalen Hyatt. And now is Saquon going to be a big part of the offense? Of course, you know. Um, but is he going to get as 24, 22 touches a game this year? Maybe not because it's, uh, they're going to spread it around a little bit more. They're going to throw it a little bit more. And when you have a guy like Darren Walla, um, you know, he's going to be a big part of the offense too, man, because he's going to be the number one target receiver. I know he's a tight end, but, you know, he's going to be the number one target guy for Daniel this season. Well, let's go right into Darren Waller here. It was kind of a bit of a surprise move in the offseason, bringing in tight end Darren Waller. He has had some injuries over the last couple of seasons for himself, but what are the expectations now? A 6'6 tight end being able to stretch the field, and I would have to imagine a huge target for red zone production. Yeah, the expectations are very high here. I mean, Daniel hasn't had a target like this since he's been here uh, on the Giants. And you could see what they're doing in camp that, I mean, Darren's going to be a big part of this offense. He's going to be lined up all over the field. He's going to be a big, big red zone target for them. And you know what? He is 6'6", and he's a legit 6'6". <laughs> you know, standing next to Darren, you know, even Daniel said it. You know, a lot of times guys are listed at 6'6", but they're 6'5", 6'4". No, Darren's a legit 6'6". He's an athletic freak. He's going to be a big part of this offense, and um, you see it already. Look, you saw it in the joint practice against the Lions. I've been watching it all summer at training camp. Um, you know, this is just going to be a guy that Mike Kafka and Brian Dable 
are going to be up late at night like mad scientists moving him around and getting him involved. Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Okay, we've saved it long enough. Daniel Jones, he had his best statistical season with the Giants under Brian Dable last year. 67.2% completion rate, only five interceptions. He then was rewarded with a four-year, $104 million guaranteed contract. Uh, What are the expectations for Jones this season? Can he take another leap this year? And does he have to take that leap for this Giants team to have success? Yeah, look, he's got to take it to another level. Um, he played well, like you said, last year, 15 touchdowns. Uh, isn't exactly a very good number in today's football. They expect that to be 20-plus. Of course, the five interceptions was a very good number, especially since Daniels had turnover issues in the past. But, look, the feeling here is that, you know, in year two of this system, Daniels going to be a much better quarterback. And I see it already. I see the confidence level. I see what he's doing. You can see his reads. Um, he's a big-time problem solver, a quick problem solver now. It's something he had some issues with last season, but now it seems to be a lot more natural. And that's what happens when you're in the same system. It's something Daniel really hasn't had until the last few years. So, um, yeah, look, the feeling among everybody here is that Daniel's going to have a really good season. Um, and, look, here's the bottom line, okay? Brian, this isn't – Daniel Jones is not Joe Shane, and, Joe Shane and Brian Dable's guy. They didn't draft him. And they still gave him a four-year, $140 million deal. That just tells you right there what they think of him. They think he's a franchise guy, and we'll see this year. But uh, that's the feeling that he's going to have a big, I should say, a big next step year for the Giants. Jones, he was sacked 44 times last year. The Giants, though, made a commitment to the offensive line by signing Andrew Thomas to a five-year, $117.5 million extension. So, Andrew Thomas protecting Jones's blind side, is that enough? What about the rest of the offensive line to pass block and then open up some holes for the running game? Yeah, look, Evan Neal in his second year, the, the, the number one pick last season, um, he's going to have to take it to another level. He's he was just okay last year. He gave up a, you know, he gave up like six, uh, seven, eight sacks, a lot of pressures. Um, he understands that he has to take it to the next level. He's going to be a big part of this offensive line. He can't, you know, even though we all know Andrew's a pretty solid left tackle, one of the best in the game right now, but you can't have Evan Neal giving up tons of pressures and sacks on the other side. So that's going to be the key. You know, Evan Neal's got to take it to the next level. Um, he uh, trimmed down a little bit, added a little more muscle. Uh, worked with uh, guys in the offseason to improve his footwork. Um, so that's going to be big. Uh, Evan Neal has to be play like a number one pick this season. Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Let's flip this on over to the defensive side of the ball. Dexter Lawrence, he was unbelievable last year. 68 total tackles, seven and a half sacks. How much was Wink Martindale and the change in the defense uh, kind of putting Lawrence in positions to put it all together? Or how much of it was just Lawrence kind of figuring it out? Well, I tell you what, you know, Wink gets credit, but the guy who deserves the most credit is defensive line coach Andre Patterson. From the first day Andre saw, Coach Patterson saw Dex, he decided, you know what, we're going to put you on the zero. We're going to put you over the center. Um, and that's where you're going to excel. And he worked on some technique issues, and Dexter took it to another level. Um, because he was a pretty good player for the Giants the first three years, but last year, as you all know, he's, he was Pro Bowl level, and uh, he gets rewarded with the big contract. 
So you know what? Dex found a home basically over that center playing at zero. Um, he excelled at technique that Coach Patterson taught him, especially extending those arms. Got him that push on the inside. And as you know, today's interior defensive linemen, they're getting paid big, big money. <laughs> Guys that can push that pocket uh, from the inside. You know, so um, congrats to Dex. He was a really good player last year. And uh, the expectations in to take it to another, even get even better this season. Flipping this on to the outside, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, is he ready to break out? Do the Giants need yeah. him to be a major disruptor for this Giants defense to succeed? Yeah, well, of course, you know, that's the expectations. You, you want to see Kayvon getting those double-digit sacks. But you know what? A lot is going to depend on Aziz Ojolari on the other side, if he could stay healthy. Because Aziz is – look, you see the games Aziz has played. He's had a lot of sacks. And he's actually the best pure pass rusher on this team. So, yeah, Thibodeau is expected to take it. You know, what he wind up last year, four and a half, I think, whatever was sacked. You like to see him getting into double digits. He's been working on his game, worked his whole offseason. He realizes now what he has to do for 50-plus snaps in a game. But Aziz on the other side, that's the key. Aziz has to stay healthy because he hasn't been really the last few years, especially last year, because if Aziz and Tibbs off, the, off those edges, now you got to account for – both of them, and that's a big, big difference. You know, last year, Thibodeau was out there by himself a lot while Aziz was on the sidelines, you know, so that's going to be the key. Um, Thibodeau is a kid that you see kind of developing even more in year two. Uh, he wants to be great. He's one of those type guys, and um, I think he's going to have, have a real good second season. We all know that Wink Martindale's defense oftentimes put the secondary uh, on an island, forces them to cover. Yeah. So how how is this Giants secondary? Have they done enough in the offseason and are enough guys back and healthy now to be able to uh, orchestrate what Wink wants? No, that's going to be to, to be determined because they're going to start a number one pick in Deontay Banks on one side. They got the veteran Adoree, but the sixth-round draft pick, Trey Hawkins, he's been the big surprise at camp. He's been so good for them that he's been with the ones a lot now, and they moved the Dory Jackson to the slot. That's how well Trey Hawkins has played, the rookie six-round pick from Old Dominion. So, look, no matter what, Wink is going to be Wink, okay? He's going to leave guys on an island. He's going to send six guys at times, and he's going to say, okay, you guys cover on the outside. That's the way it is. You know, that's, that's what Wink is. We all know that. Um, so, so as far as it, is it going to work out, well, We'll start finding out in September because it's a pretty young secondary right now, uh, except for Dory, the veteran. Uh, but you might see, and you see the way they're thinking, because the way Trey Hawkins has been playing, he's been forcing himself into the one, playing with the ones. Um, so you might see two rookies on the outside and the veteran on the inside, which is going to be, as you know, Wink Barndale, it's going to be a very, very, it's going to be very, very interesting. Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. So for this New York Giants team, boy, what a tough way to start the season. You're uh, you're you're hosting here, then you get a, uh, the Cowboys, then you get a bit of a reprieve in week two against the Cardinals, then week three at the 49ers, week four versus the Seahawks, week five at the Dolphins, if you believe in them, and week six at the Bills. So what happens here if the Giants start off slow with the schedule that kind of doesn't really let up often. Yeah, <laughs> what happens is going to be panic city here. <laughs> That's what happens. And like you said, 
you know, look, on paper, in this league, you know, teams change all the time. But right now, like you just said, on paper, uh, that's a tough start, man. Especially if you lose that first game at home against Dallas. You know, and I know you said they get a little bit of a reprieve and I guess that. But you know what? This is the I, – I, I hate to even look at it like that. This is the NFL. Uh, this is any given Sunday. You know, I understand on paper, maybe no Kyler Murray and all that week two, but you know what? I look at it like that. Um, so this, this first game, to me, this first game against Dallas is big because if you do lose that at home, like you said, you know, all right, you get Arizona, we'll see what happens there. But then you got the 49ers four days later, Miami, Buffalo. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough start, man. It's a tough start. You don't want to get in that whole own one against the Cowboys, a division opponent, right off the bat. Because, like, with this schedule right now, you could find yourself, your season spiraling out of control right out of the gate before Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, excuse me, before Halloween. So, uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. You know, you've been talking a lot about some of the reliance on young players. There's some veterans as well. They're on that defensive side of the ball uh, offensively here, kind of taking those next steps, that next stride. Also, though, when you factor in how difficult this schedule is, we know what the Eagles' expectations are. We know what the Cowboys' yeah. expectations are. There are obviously some question marks for them uh, on the offensive side of the ball. But when it comes to kind of looking at this Giants roster, factoring in age, experience, and expectations, uh, expectations how difficult on paper this schedule might be you know do you feel like third in the division is honestly realistic or can they push for two or first in the nfc east yeah well look i'm not going to go first with the eagles i i i I feel the eagles are still the best team in the division um by a lot um now can they push the cowboys at two yeah i i feel they could push the cowboys i feel the the Cowboys' offensive line is going to take a step back this year, especially if this Zach Martin situation doesn't get resolved. Um, so I feel they could push them, um, no question. It's one of those deals where, hey, look, if you, if you don't play well at the beginning of the season, next thing you know, you're, you're in third place, maybe even fourth. You know, we'll see how Washington develops with their, with their quarterback, you know. So, no, I'm not going to go first. I'm really not. I think the Eagles are still the class of the division by far. Um, but I do feel – they could push the Cowboys for that two-hole in the NFC East um, right now. You know, right now. I'm not – I know the Cowboys are very talented still, but, it's, you know, they have some things going on over there. Unhappiness with some play – with a play like Zach Maughan. You know, now McCarthy's calling the plays. Who the hell knows how that's going to work out. They got shot on his offensive coordinator. He's been throwing out at three teams, two teams. He hasn't really worked out in a lot of places. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, seven and a half wins over or under here for the New York Giants this season. Yeah, that's the over and under. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go over right now. I'm gonna go another nine win season. Chris Bizignano from Giants Insider right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. One more question before we let you go. Is there anything else that we should be paying attention to heading into preseason week one, as well as the start of the season for the New York Giants, whether it is health or a player that we haven't discussed? Um, no, right now, health-wise, they're fortunate. Um, but the, you know what? The wide receiver competition, that's something – that for Giant fans or even the rest of the league, that's a pretty deep position right now. Um, there's a lot of guys who can do different things. Um, and watch out if you want to say, okay, Chris, who you want to watch out for? Well, I'll tell you what. Keep an eye on this rookie, Jalen Hyatt, a third-run pick. 
because he is playing really well in camp. He's a guy that could pop off the top. Uh, he could get off the top of the defense any play. He's going to have to be accounted for when he's on the field. He's that fast. He was actually tracked at 24.1 miles an hour <laughs> in this camp, which is actually like Tyreek Hill type speed. Now, I'm not saying he's faster than Tyreek. I'm just telling you what the numbers say. Okay, so there's one guy to keep an eye on right there. Yeah, the third-round pick, Jalen Hyde, I think this kid is going to do a lot of good things for this offense. Chris, really appreciate you taking some time on the program today, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you uh, maybe around week uh, two when the Cardinals face off against the Giants. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Talk soon. Enjoy the rest of the day. Absolutely. Thank you. You as well. Chris Bizignano there from Giants Insider.